an introduction to critical thinking. I'm not sure how well this material lends itself to an oral presentation or podcast, as I would typically employ a blackboard or PowerPoint to illustrate many concepts and relationships. But perhaps this discussion will help create a framework for understanding a textbook or other readings. For me, critical thinking can also be thought of as an aspect of argument theory or even persuasive theory. Someone creates an argument to convince you or others that a set of claims leads to a conclusion. Or perhaps you want to convince someone that given a set of facts or claims, they must agree with your conclusion. Aristotle develops the first detailed analysis of the art of persuasion. His rhetorical triangle considers the credibility of the speaker, the emotional power of the argument, the logical structure of presentation. The last point often becomes the focus of courses such as this one on critical thinking. If you want more details on Aristotle's rhetorical triangle, I did talk about it in a few earlier episodes. Before I get into the thick of argument structures and their nuances, I want to clarify some basic concepts and terms. Arguments consist of a premise or premises which lead to a conclusion. A premise is a statement or a proposition which has a truth value. We make many statements that do not make truth claims and these cannot be part of an argument. For example, an imperative or a command. Put that pencil down. Please sit here. There's nothing true or false being asserted. Or if a sentence contains ambiguous or unclear references, it does not have a truth value. O.J. Simpson lost his appeal. Uh, what, appeal in a legal sense or in a public approval sense? He's happy now. To whom does the he refer? How might we evaluate the claim? In context, it might work, but out of context, it doesn't. There's no truth value. In other words, all statements or propositions are sentences, but not all sentences are statements or propositions. One other aspect of sentences is that claims are being made about the subject of the sentence. The cat is black. The cat is the subject of the sentence, and is black is what is being said about the cat or the subject. We call this a subject-predicate expression. This linguistic idea will be central to categorical logic. One thing to be aware of is that in logic there are two very different aspects to consider. Logical form or structure and the acceptability of the premises. In logic, an argument is valid if the premises, when accepted as true, lead to the conclusion. Or I might say it like this, if it is impossible that the premises are true and the conclusion false, then the form is valid. Remember, this aspect is merely the form of the argument, not the content. We need to evaluate form and content separately. If I argue that all cats have wings, and all animals with wings are animals that sing national anthems, it would be valid to conclude that all cats can sing national anthems. If you assume the premises to be true, you must accept the conclusion. 
the form is valid. In common language, we do not use the word valid in this strict sense. In the case of cats with wings, we would not accept the premises as true, and we, we might typically say, well, the argument is not valid. But it is valid in logic. In logic, rejecting the premises of a valid argument means that the argument is not sound. So carefully consider the differences between valid arguments and sound arguments. The next stage in argument structure looks at how subjects and predicates combine logically. It also looks at the logical inferences that we can make from simple statements. Consider categorical logic. We can talk about all members of a category, or at least one member of a category. We can also make a positive claim or a negative claim. This means there are four types of statements. Universal affirmative. All S are P. All members of the S category are members of the P category. All cats are feline. All horses are equine. All horses are quadrupedal. Something like that. There's universal negative. No S are P. No members of the S category are members of the P category. No cats have wings equals no cats are animals that have wings. Or no cats are winged animals. Then we have particular affirmative. Some S are P. Now note, be sure to treat some as at least one. Some S are P equals at least one S is a member of the P category. If I said, in that basket, some apples are rotting, it means there is at least one bad apple in the basket. There might be more, but do not assume that many are bad. All you can infer is that at least one apple is bad. Fourth, the particular negative. Some S are not P. There is at least one S that is not a member of the P category. Some pairs are not ripe. That means there is at least one pair that is not ripe. There may be many, but you can only infer that at least one pair is not ripe. In the next episode, I will consider some of the immediate inferences that you can draw from these four types of categorical claims. And that will be the introduction to syllogistic logic as well.